What makes life good? Science and your life experience remind you that the greatest happiness this world has to offer comes from loving relationships. Welcome to the Help for Loving Relationships podcast. Here we focus on strengthening our marriages and our families, as well as your connection to friends and community. Our host, Shane Adamson, is a therapist who has had a front row seat to what builds loving relationships, as well as what hurts relationships. Please welcome your host, Shane Adamson. Hello, everyone. My name is Shane Adamson, and I am the host for the Help for Loving Relationship show. And this being our kickoff show, I'm excited and I'm a bit anxious, but I do have a special guest who's joining me since we're talking about loving relationships. The most important relationship in my life is my awesome wife, Wendy. Hello. (laughs) I asked Wendy if she wouldn't mind just asking me a variety of questions so you, the listener, can better understand what this show is about and what you'll get by listening and tuning in. So Shane, what is your show Help for Loving Relationships about? You know, I'm going to be focusing in on those those things that help uh, marriage and families to thrive. Also, I'm going to talk about developing loving relationship with friends, neighbors, and community. And in Wendy and I's circle of friends and family, we've had an increasing number of people come out as gay. So I'm going to ensure that I'm inclusive to also talk about loving relationships within the LGBTQI plus community. So tell, tell the listeners, well, and me, why did you decide to start a podcast? You know, I've always loved learning about relationships and I've had a real interest in the deeper topics, such as what's the purpose of life? Why are we here? What is the secret to happiness? I listen to podcasts, read books. I am a lifelong learner. And since I've been doing this for a while, I feel it's a time to give back. And secondly, my personal life experiences have shaped a lot of my uh, career choices. And the first experience I'll note is a favorite story from my teen years. I was a real wild teenager and gave my parents a lot of grief during the high school years. And I remember going back to my high school reunion and seeing some of my classmates and saying, hey, remember the kid from high school who needed therapy? He became a therapist. And I got lots of cheers and laughs from that experience. And then uh, interestingly, after I finished my master's degree, my first job was working with some real troubled teens, some gang kids. And then later, um, probably when I was 30 years old, my parents got a divorce. That was a significant impact. And you would think me having all this study in psychology and being 30, it wouldn't impact me as greatly as it did, but it did. And it impacted my siblings and our family. And the leadership of our family kind of fell apart at that time. So I've been trying to study uh, what leads marriages to um, stay together, what leads them to drift apart, and how can you keep marriage relationships alive. Uh, A third experience that was pretty significant is my wife had a a faith journey, or another name is faith transition, and left organized religion. This was a very hard experience where I had to suddenly in mid-marriage 
decide how to uh, navigate a mixed faith marriage and deal with feelings of betrayal is a lot of our focus and values got shaken up and we had to find a way to find some common values. In short, all of these life experiences have grown me as an individual and I hope that I can continue to grow while I host this show. I think the most important thing though that the reason I wanted to start a podcast is I know deep within my heart that the greatest happiness this world has to offer comes from loving relationships and all my training, clinical work and personal life experiences have given me valuable insights into how to develop and maintain loving relationships. And most of this experience has only been in the counseling room and it's time for me to broaden my counseling room and have more impact for good. So I'm excited to help people grow as well as I will learn how to grow in love. So I like how you're talking about happiness and loving relationships are the big reason for the show. Um, tell, tell me more or tell everyone more about this. Okay. I'll talk a little bit about happiness and loving relationships at a deeper level. The study that has most recently impacted me on study is the largest, well, I shouldn't say largest. It's the longest study ever done on adult development. It was a Harvard study started in the 1930s where a group of scientists gathered 730 teenagers. These teens came from diverse backgrounds, rich and poor, and many different nationalities. And they tracked these teens over the lifespan. And they interviewed them about their work, their marriage, their kids, their concerns about life. They did medical checkups and even scanned their brains. Uh, Some of these teens became sick. Some became mentally ill. Some remained healthy over the lifespan And uh, they grew up to be factory workers, doctors, engineers, bricklayers. One of them even uh, became president of the United States. Uh, John F. Kennedy was in that cohort study. Um, The most paramount finding that they got from this 75-year study is that good relationships make us happier and healthier, period. They went on to explain that good relationships are loving relationships with marriage and family, as well as with friends and the community. So love does equal happiness. And so if you do want to increase your happiness, you need to learn how to create and maintain loving relationships. The other side note that I would mention is that even when they brought up variables when there were some smokers or some people that had diabetes or some complicated medical conditions, that if they had loving relationships, they still had a measure of happiness in their life. But when they isolated loneliness and looked at that, those people that had high levels of loneliness, their lifespan decreased significantly and they were much less happy. So again, the most significant finding from the 75-year study is happiness comes through loving relationships. So the second idea on loving relationships, I'm just going to share a personal metaphor that's been meaningful to me, and that's just that gardening is a great metaphor for nurturing loving relationships. My grandfather on my mother's side of the family was a farmer, and he had fruit orchards, and so I helped alongside my uncles and cousins and drove a tractor to spray the trees with insecticide. We all helped out with the cherry harvest, which was most mornings through June into July. 
And it was hard work. And at the time, I was immature and didn't recognize all the things I was learning about farming and life. But uh, as I compare that now to my career in counseling, I know that my grandpa taught me that to have a harvest, you need good soil, light, fertilizer, and to protect and take care of the plants or the, the, in this case, fruit orchards. And if you don't do that, um, whether it be um, pests or weeds, they will overtake the garden and reduce your harvest. Uh, Wendy and I have tried gardening three different times. Two times we were too busy and neglectful, and we didn't get much of a harvest at all. But we did do one salsa garden that just had tomatoes and peppers and cilantro. And we took care of that garden, and we weeded it, and we got a great harvest. Similarly, um, if we neglect our loving relationships, weedy issues will choke out some of the love and goodness. Even if two partners in a relationship are good people, if you neglect the relationship, weeds will come and cause problems. Or if there was a parent who's too busy, there will become a strain on that parent-child relationship. So to boil down this whole gardening metaphor. I'm, I'm hoping the podcast focuses on the weedy issues in relationships that hinder or hurt happiness and love. And I also hope to have episodes that identify ways to nurture and feed your loving relationships so you can grow in, in your loving relationships. And what do you hope your audience gets uh, by listening to your show? Um. Uh, I'd say there's a few things I'm looking for. Uh, one of them is that each episode would have a tip or a takeaway message that would uh, inspire the person to improve their relationships or love more deeply to those around them. Uh, secondly, I'm a big fan of storytelling. I love listening to stories and I love telling a good story, especially stories that inspire. So I'm asking my podcast guests to find a story that represents loving relationships. And I will do the same when I'm uh, leading the show. And the final thing uh, I would just say, since we're in our first episode right now, <laughs> we might as well practice this. And so um, the topic that I thought would be good to give to our listeners is the importance of having connecting rituals in a loving relationship. So uh, Wendy, is there any connecting ritual that you really like about our marriage that you want to comment on? Um, I'd probably say it's our two-minute miracle that, um, I don't know who came up with that, but... Uh, maybe... uh, you get credit for that, actually. Oh, we I just did? called it that, yeah. You, okay, you I think you might have it. named it. But um, it's just a, a time when when Shane comes home from work that um, we just take time, just two minutes to, instead of putting our phone, you know, going straight to your phones or kind of decompressing from the day, it's just a time that we can spend just the two of us and probably like a minute, uh, something, maybe we'll go lay down on the bed and cuddle together or go on the couch, but it's just a time to kind of connect. And then I would say that's the first minute and then, you know, after that, just kind of asking how your day was, but really putting focus on the other person instead of being distracted. Same thing goes um, in the morning, like leaving for work. It would be, you know, just to hug each other and, and wish each other a good day. And, you know, even like 
sometimes I'll look in his eyes and give him a kiss and just um, to let him know how much I appreciate all he does for our family. Yeah, it's a good ritual. Thanks, Wendy. The backstory to this is I don't manage my mornings well and lose my key and wallet. And she asked me to manage my mornings better so I could slow down and give her the two-minute miracle. And when I came home, I would go to food or for, or I'd go to my computer or the mail. And she grabbed me and said, she grabbed me, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm the most important thing in this house. I want you to spend a little time with me when you come in. So we've aptly named that the two-minute miracle. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll just share real briefly a, a couple other examples of connecting rituals. So there's a couple that I'm counseling right now, and I'm giving them credit for this one. They have made this jar, and they each have put in five ideas for date night. Some are a little longer, more extended, maybe half a day, and some are shorter. And uh, some ha- involve more money, and some involve less money. And on Thursday, they grab from the jar an idea, and based on their energy level and their budget, they'll keep drawing from the jar until they both agree this is the one we'll do and then they name if it's going to be Friday night or Saturday night and that's a way that they're keeping their love alive and and deepening their love story in their marriage. The second um, couple one guy is a night owl. He stays up late and she has an early morning so she needs to go to bed by like 9.30 so I think they chose a half an hour segment 8.30 to 9 or 9 to 9.30 where they just put away phones, they sit with each other and talk, sometimes they cuddle, have some affection, and this is their ritual that they're doing to keep keep their marriage strong. Uh, when I thought about outside of the marriage zone or friendship, I came across a study that talked about to have a real best friend, it often requires 50 touches. So I think a touch could be a text, could be an in-person meeting, but 50 is a lot, which means that to really develop a deep friendship, it requires a lot of time and intention of wanting to be with that person and this person wanting to be with you. So those are some connecting rituals in the marriage zone or for friendships. Um, I now want to just share a story called the Plimsoll Line story. And it's actually about a man by the name of Samuel Plimsoll. And it's going to sound like I'm going on a tangent because I'm talking about the shipping industry in Great Britain in the mid-1800s. But it does have a powerful takeaway message for uh, relationships, and it, it goes like this. So Samuel Plimsoll is a young lad hung out by the ship, shipping yard, and he would play on the docks and wait for the ships to come in. And some of the sailors got to know him so well that they would bring him trinkets from some of the ports that they frequented, and he was just, uh, that was his playground, is the, the shipyard. This young man grew up to be an attorney, uh, actually an accomplished attorney, who later was elected into parliament and was in government. And one of his assignments was overseeing the shipping industry and the laws with that industry. When he read the report, uh, he learned that upwards of 20% of the shipping industry was lost at sea. And this this pained his heart because he thought, these are my my people. I, I grew up with um, these sailors and these captains, and he couldn't believe that there were so many ships lost at sea. So he got the weather people together, the shipbuilders, the sailors, the crew, 
and had a meeting and after pressing on why there's so many ships lost at sea, the truth came out that they were trying to make too much money in overloading ships, and especially during the monsoon seasons, this would uh, result in ships being overtaken at sea. So he uh, passed a merchant sailing law where he painted a white line on the hull of every ship, and, and officers would walk the docks, and if a certain boat... Th- they called it the watermark line. The officer could see that the white line was touching the water. He would tell the captain, you can't load any more cargo on this ship. And uh, that reduced the losses of ships at sea significantly. And when I compare this to marriage, I just believe that life is heavy and hard, and we each have different capacities to bear the burdens of life. And so I believe that if your spouse might be dealing with a major medical issue or a mental health issue, such as depression or anxiety, I'm hoping that spouse could reach to their partner and say, I need you to lighten my load. And if you are the spouse, be there and lighten the load. And that's the beautiful part of a loving marriage is it's a soft place to land. It's a safe haven relationship away from the storms of the world. And that's where we help each other and kind of lighten one another's burdens. So that's the, the Plimsoll line story. And hopefully that can help you in your loving relationships. And Shane, um, tell everyone who will be the guests on your show. Well, I've already started to uh, search out authors and experts and social influencers, anybody who is a leader in the area of loving relationships or have something helpful or inspiring to share. I'm also a big fan of bringing on everyday hero guests. Uh, I'm a person that loves a good movie and I'm inspired by many movies. But as I've looked deeper into some of the movies that inspire me, some of them, the screenwriters have developed the hero. (laughs) And there's, I believe there's too many people in society that are identifying movie heroes that are not in reality. But if you look around you, there might be an aunt or an uncle that have a great marriage, or there could be a coach or a teacher or a neighbor who have something helpful and inspiring to share with you about loving relationships. So I'm going to bring on some everyday heroes. And uh, actually, if you have someone in mind that you think would be a good guest on the show, feel free to uh, read the show notes and email us and I'll review that person is a candidate for the show. I, I can't commit that I can bring any everyone onto the show, but I'll commit to review everyone. And uh, as a counselor for 25 years, I know what it takes to build loving relationships. And I know those things that hurt relationships. So um, my hope is this podcast will improve the way that we live, love, and parent. And I believe that prime relationships deserve prime time. That evening time needs to be preserved for marriage and family. As we focus on loving relationships, we will become healthier and happier. I am here to serve you. Um, My podcast cover has an image of a plant in the shape of a heart. And I love the idea that each of us has seeds of greatness within us. You, the listener right now, have greatness within you. Uh, This podcast will provide the light, water, and fertilizer to grow your greatness and learn how to love well. Love is a superpower. I believe that it can solve the world's problems as well as some complex personal problems. 
Uh, I'd say this episode's takeaway message is develop some connecting rituals in your marriage or your friendships. And also remember the Samuel Plimsoll ship story and the importance of lightening one another's burdens. And when you are taking on water in life, ask for help. Don't suffer silently. Um, So let's grow in our greatness. Let's grow in learning how to love well. And remember, the greatest happiness in life comes from loving relationships. I'm Shane Adamson, your host. Welcome. Hit subscribe and let's do this. Thanks, Wendy, for being on the show. Sure. Thank you.